Welcome to Let It Ride with True North, the podcast where we interview people in trucking. Whether they're drivers, family, or simply in the industry, we are here to spotlight them and their experiences. I'm Milan, the Community Engagement Manager here at True North, and together with my colleague Maddie, we'll bring you real conversations and stories you won't find anywhere else on the road. Let's ride. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we talk with Lon, who tells us all about his 37 years of driving experience. Lon gives us a masterclass in the trucking business, from how to save money and build a cushion for when things go wrong, to cultivating strong relationships on the road. Plus, we get to hear the origin of Lon's infamous hat, his tendency to break bones, and his expertise in hydroplane racing. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> You're there. Hello. Okay, so, Lon, tell us yeah. a little bit about you. Yeah, I've been driving trucks since 1985. Started with True North, I guess, in July. I got into truck moving simply because my next-door neighbor owned a produce company, and I was just a young kid, and he said, hey, how would you like to come to work for me? He said, you work in the warehouse, we'll get you your license and you can start delivering produce and so i started delivering produce with a straight job to restaurants and supermarkets and all that good stuff and then that turned into the ability to go get my tractor trailer license that's what it was back then it was a t-license that's what got me started so you didn't need a cdl for that when it started out it was called a chauffeur's license back when i got my tractor trailer license and then the cdl deal came in i don't know i want to say it was sometime in the late 90s i think is when they changed it all over mm -hmm. i had to actually go retest and like most of the truck drivers did do driving tests okay to keep our license when it all changed over i can't remember how they were all classified but i do remember when i got uh, the classification to drive trailer truck it was actually the tt license Tractor trailer. Okay. All but right. It's funny how, how things have changed over the years. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like generationally? Because starting from the 80s, I feel like that's when some of the regulations started to come, right? Yeah. And it was funny too, because when I started out, there was things started getting regulated, but the police started to mess with you a little more. And I lived in rural, rural New Hampshire. We traveled into Boston, Massachusetts a lot to go to the produce market, pick up produce. And it was just different. It was a completely different way of driving. And then in the 90s, I hauled some flatbed and things had gotten more regulations. But that was the time frame where everybody ran two, three logbooks because you were forced dispatched and you were running without any sleep and you were doing all kinds of things that you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's why I quit driving truck. I got sick of being just exhausted and not knowing. It, it was just a whole different, you felt like you were uh, enslaved to the industry. And I, I was sick of it. I hated running like that. And how long and, did you uh, run like I, that? I would say the flatbed side of things, I only ran for a few months and I just went, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to die. And that was really, you were just running nonstop without sleep. And 
I, it got to the point where it was no fun. I hated seeing the truck. At the time, I had little kids and didn't want any part of it. It just got too much. And then I started doing local stuff. I started hauling equipment and driving dump truck and whatever locally. I always had something to drive. It didn't matter what it was. I always had friends in the construction business that always needed an extra hand. And so I kept my medical certificate up. I drove truck, I don't know, on and off all the time for different people, even while I was running a different company. So it was just funny how it all worked out. I stayed in trucking my whole life inadvertently. It's just a neat thing. Why did you keep on coming back, knowing that this was a headache for you? You can make money at it. And I enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed driving. That wasn't an issue. Okay. It was the way that companies treated you that was the issue. And that's the one thing, even when I came over here, it was, I was sick of running hard. I'm at a spot in my life where I don't need to run hard, first of all, but I wanted to be home with my family on the weekends. And my version of the weekends was home early Friday, leave out Monday. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I was getting 34 hours off and half of that 34 hours, I'd been up all night to get there. I just went, you know what? I don't need this. I can park this truck. I can sell this truck. I don't need to keep doing this. And that's one reason I came over here is so I could have the freedom that I want. So it was the love of driving that got you through, but the companies were the reason why you weren't able to have the freedom that you wanted. Yeah, the companies were really, and, and I think almost any driver you talk to will say the same thing. The companies are the only reason you leave. Other than there's some guys that don't like being alone and trucking is, if you're a loner, you're fantastic at this job. I grew up as an only child. I'm used to being alone, used to entertaining myself, so to speak. So for me, it was natural. And a lot of guys, it fits their personality, but the companies make it so hard on them that they transfer from company to company and then eventually they just drop out of it, which is sad. Because mm -hmm. it's not a bad way to make a living. In fact, you can make a very good living. Yeah. Lon, out of the 30 plus years you've been driving, how many companies have you worked for? I've probably only driven for eight companies full time. Okay. Just because there was a big span of my life where I owned my own company and trucking was a sideline. I see. Uh, if somebody needed a hand, I jumped in their truck and did whatever and whether it was haul asphalt or a load of gravel or some equipment for them or whatever. I've got a little bit of a different route than a lot of guys. I haven't been out over the road for this entire time. I've done some local, I've done some blend, and I've done a bunch of things. So that kind of has made it different. I get to see the, the whole scope of mm -hmm. trucking where a lot of guys are either over the road or local. They don't get to see both sides. It's interesting. Super interesting. And what kind of runs do you like to do today? I like to do out and back. I like to, I like long runs. I don't like bumping a different dock every day. My ideal scenario is to go out and run a thousand plus miles, turn around and run back. Okay. That's, that's the ideal week, whether it be running to Utah and back or like this week, Tennessee and back. It's just go out and back is my, my comfort zone because I'd rather drive than sit in the dock. 
Yeah, and you're in Minnesota, right? Yeah, being in the middle of the country makes it amazing. I can go either way anytime I want, and I can still be back home by the weekend. Gotcha. And how's the the freight out in Minnesota? Minnesota is usually pretty good. And if Minnesota is not good, Wisconsin's good. Sometimes it's a hard deal to get a load back that's paying very well, but usually leaving is paying very well. Mm-hmm. You just have to you have to pay attention to the markets that you're going to, and and you have to look and see what's my average rate going to be because the average rate is what it all comes down to. How much did I make this week? I know that you have a very specific kind of business acumen as far as being an owner operator. And that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to talk to you because you have so many skills that I feel like a lot of drivers would find really inspiring and and take with them. So what's the number one thing that you would tell a aspiring owner operator or a new owner operator that has come from a company? A lot of times new guys come in and they see these huge paychecks and all of a sudden they think that, man, I'm rich. The biggest thing I can say is you're not rich. You own a business. So your truck is your business. When we bought our truck, and I'll use this for an example because I'm very business-minded. When we bought our truck, the year before I had ran a friend of mine's truck like it was my own. And so I ran all the numbers. I saw what it did. And I literally... I made $75,000 that year for me, plus I paid my buddy for his truck, plus the repairs, plus all that stuff. It was all taken care of. And so when I bought my truck, I looked at my wife and I said, here's the deal. I said, my salary until the truck is paid off and until we have money in the bank for repairs is $50,000. If we don't make that kind of money, I don't get paid. So if we have a week where it's lower, the truck and all the bills have to be paid before I get a paycheck. And so by starting out that way, it was perfect. And it was, rates were high. Everything has been really good for a while. We made decent money. And so pretty soon my wife looks at me and she goes, I'm giving you a raise. And I said, okay, what are we doing? She goes, everything is set. She goes, now I'm capping us at 75 a year. And we're going to work on taking care of retirement and all that stuff. So if I choose not to run hard some week and I don't have the extra $15,000 that week to go into my paycheck, mm-hmm. I'm the one that don't get paid. Everything else still gets paid because that it's a business. And that's the thing that a lot of guys don't understand. They see this big check and they might get a $5,000 check this week. And they're, oh, man, I've got a lot of money. No, you don't. Because in two weeks, your truck might be in the shop, and that $5,000 could pay for the repairs. They don't realize every time one of these goes in the shop, it's two, two, three, four, five thousand bucks. It's not like taking your car to the shop. We left the truck show, and on the way out with that next load, I put $1,500 worth of rubber under the front of the truck. That's all part of doing business and so if you treat your business as a business that money's not all yours Mm -hmm. or you're going to be working the rest of your life or you're going to lose what you've got when 
times go bad. If you look at what's happened in the market today, we lost basically a dollar a mile on freight over the last couple of weeks. Okay, so to put that into reality, if I'm running 3,000 miles a week and the freight rates were over four bucks a mile and now we're down to three bucks a mile, I just lost $3,000 off my paycheck. That's not counting the cost of fuel going up. That's where, if you're not paying attention to this with a business mind, that's where you get yourself in trouble. I think that's the one thing I would teach anybody coming into this as a new owner operator. You really have to put the money aside for, for tough times and you have to model your business to be able to operate on low freight so that, hey, in the good times, you're putting some money away for retirement. In the bad times, you're still paying your bills. And that's the thing because it is a market that goes up and down all the time. Absolutely. So how did you learn these lessons? Did you have someone teach you how to save or how to make a nest egg? Or is that something that you learned through experience? I think it's just been life experience. When you're young, you don't think about all this stuff. But when you have a business, and I, like I said, I've worked for myself for years. So you have to think ahead while you're working for yourself. Because there's no company putting money aside for you. There's nobody that's paying all these extra little things for you. You still have to pay taxes. You have to pay a lot of it. You have to set yourself up so that you can get through the lean times. And that's just part of owning a business. A lot of guys come out of, they might be a company driver for a few years, and they hear all these great things about being an owner-operator, and they want to own a truck, and they want to do this, they want to do that but they don't understand the amount of money it takes to run one of these trucks. Just for instance, because of whatever's gone on in the world lately, parts and labor are more expensive than what they've been in a long time. I used to put $20,000 aside for my maintenance fee. What are we, four months into the year, and I've already spent 15000 this year. Wow. So, and I haven't had anything major go on in my truck, just stupid things. But that's the difference. So you have to plan for these things and make sure you're make sure you're set. If you don't have that money aside, there's nobody there to bankroll you. Or you're gonna go deeper and deeper in debt trying to stay alive until you finally can't stay alive. Do you have a percentage in mind when you get your, your checks? Is it something that is like automatic? How do you make your system work yeah. for you? The way that I've worked mine, and it's just because I look at what I know I need to make overall for a week basis. But what I do and how we work it is anything other than my salary goes into the business. And that way, when times are good, it's nothing to have a $5,000 check after your expenses. Well, when you're just dumping that extra into your business and then at the end of the year, you put a certain amount into retirement with what's left over, it gives you that cushion to work your way through the year if something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say if a lot of guys go, oh, this is all my money, but it's not. If you set yourself up with a paycheck and that's all you get, I don't care how much you made this week, you get your paycheck just like a normal job. That's how you survive in business for yourself. 
And that's how you get a chance to retire without working until you can't work anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of guys are short-sighted. They don't look at that long-term goal. I don't want to do this when I'm 70 years old. As much as I enjoy driving, I don't want to do this at 70. I want to be sitting on a beach with a margarita in my hand. I was going to ask you, I was like, when are you going to, when do you feel like you're ready to retire? <laughs> I don't know. I keep asking my wife that. She asked me the other day, she said, hey, do I want to retire at 62? I said, I don't know. Can I retire at 62? <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I will probably keep running. I'm guessing, and this is just a guess, I will probably run at least another 10 years. And that's one of those things. I look at my truck is paid for. I don't want another truck. I know what I've got. I know how it's been maintained. That's 10 more years with the same truck. And every now yeah. and then you go to the truck show and you look at all these nice, new, shiny, big nose Pete's and you get in Kenworth and you go, man, I, I should buy a truck. I, I deserve one. And then I look at rates dropping and I go, I don't have a truck payment. I don't need to do that. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And so you paid off your truck years and years ago. When did you pay that yeah. off? Within the first year, that's the thing. My belief is you buckle down and you get things taken care of as quickly as can because you never know what's going to happen. So for us, and we do, we've, my wife is very good with money and she has a very good job now. We have our household set up so that if something happened to either one of us, the other one could carry on, so to speak. The only thing that we owe is our house. Everything else is owned outright. And that's the other thing, trying not to have the big flashy whatever because we can the two of us enjoy traveling so we probably waste more money going to the beach in the winter time than most people spend on other hobbies yeah but, but you're in minnesota our- <laughs> like- yeah, fun. yeah when you live in minnesota in the winter you do whatever it takes these are long months yeah the beach yeah is they're it's worth it because you said waste money. I don't think it's a waste of money at all. It's your lifestyle and it's how you're no. choosing to spend your time. And that's it. And, and here again, I usually take, I bet over the course of the year, I take two months off. And that's just the way it works out. But in the wintertime, my body is very sore in the wintertime. And so I like to go where it's warm. Mm-hmm. And we make it a point to as many times as we can to get where it's warm and enjoy the water and enjoy the sunshine for a minute. Yeah. That's where we're at. The kids are growing up. It's time to do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Good for as you. As, I'm sure they say as long as you bring them with you guys, then they're down, right? Uh, yeah. We've been fortunate enough two years ago in February. Took wow. Okay. Our kids, my parents, and we went to Hawaii. Told them, you guys pay your pay your own airfare, we'll supply the other stuff. And so we were fortunate enough to take the whole crew and play for a week. That is amazing. I think it, it might have been two. I can't remember. Now. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is my favorite place in the world. So, But yeah, that is comes from hard work and doing what you got to do. You know? Definitely. That's a priority. And you, yeah, you make it happen. And from experience, how valuable that time is with family. And that's what matters. One thing I will say is when you're gone from family, you start to appreciate family when you're not home all the time. And believe me, for quite a while, when it came to the holidays, our kids were all grown up. I would take and do the holiday runs when 
I was on the road because I figured guys with little kids should be home with their kids. And so I would go out and run during the holidays because it didn't matter. We get together with family whenever. And that's the other thing I would say is when you're trucking, make sure that you do the things with your family that are that you should be doing. When it's a holiday and you've got little kids, be there. If it's a birthday, be there. To work with a company that allows you to call your own shots, you can do that. Did you ever miss anything that you regret missing back when you were a company uh, driver? When my kids were real, real little, there was a few things that I just, I look back on it now and go, was it really worth it? Mm-hmm. You could have done things differently and you wouldn't have missed anything. And that was part of the hard issue with trucking when you have little children. Most companies want you out for at least two weeks. In two weeks, you're going to miss something. Just yeah. the way it works. Yeah. The beauty about trucking is you get five years of experience under your belt. You can do anything. As long as you've got a clean record, everybody will bend over backwards to hire you. But then if you save up and you get into your own setup and you can call your own shots, now you've got the ability to be where you want to be. And you've got the ability to make the money. My boys, neither one of them want anything to do with trucking. (laughs) But I look at them and I told them both, I tell you what, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have got married young. I'd have jumped right in the truck and spent five years in the truck, living in the truck, packing the money away. And then I probably would have paid cash for a place to live and looked at my life differently. Yeah. Because I know now what you can do. Yeah. You had the experience that you had, but you could just go back and do it all again. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be retired. (laughs) (laughs) I would not have left Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, I would have made a lot of smarter moves. And here again, the older you get, the more experience you get. No, I've probably done the stupid stuff you're you're about to do. (laughs) I can help you miss some of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is huge because I can imagine it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy to get out of a situation when you are in debt or you don't have the ability to to put anything away and you're just at risk. Yeah. And the sad part is a lot of the start out companies don't pay their drivers very much. And I remember, so I let, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I was in a spot where financially I didn't think I was ever going to have to drive a truck again. And it came time for my physical. I was making six figures. I didn't really need to drive a truck. I didn't think I was ever going to have to. And I let my CDL go. Mm. That was the stupidest move. I've ever made in my life because where I was at didn't survive the next year. That's when I got back into trucking permanently. And I actually went, I know how to make money. I just got to get back into a truck. And now I'm without a CDL. Oh, I got to go retest. I've got to do all So I went to a company that had training and whatever. So you back behind the wheel. And at this point, I was with my wife I'm with now, and she hadn't dealt with trucking. And I'm telling her, I'm going, honey, I know I can make money. We'll be fine. Don't worry about this. I've just got to get back behind the truck. And so I get on with this company, and I'm literally eating peanut butter and jelly in the truck. And she is working two jobs, and she's going, I'm not seeing the money you were talking about. What is going on? And I said, you just got to bear with me. We've got to get through this. And it, it was horrible because I, we weren't making enough money. But I told her, I said, just bear with me. 
once we get that magic year of experience, we can go anywhere and I can make the money I need. It wasn't very much longer. I left that company and the next thing you know, yeah, I'm making $70,000 a year driving a company truck. Wow. Then it just got better and better. Knowing that there is an end goal is amazing. And knowing that, yes, you can do it. If I would not have known that, yes, you can do it, and I would have just been at that other carrier going, I can't do this. We're going to do everything we've got. Wow. I would have dropped out of the industry and just gone scratching my head going, how come? Why? And that's the sad part. It's because guys don't understand that there's more to this industry than some of these big companies let you understand. I've talked to police operators for some of the major carriers and the guys are, you know, looking at me going, I'm starving to death. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so you sit and you look at them and say, first thing I'm going to tell you is as soon as you can get away from leasing your truck from the company you're driving for, you want to. And then we're going to get you, I can give you some solid advice on what to do because it doesn't have to be this hard. It comes from that mentality of being more independent minded too. Right. And, and older. Can you tell me a time where it was your roughest year financially or something came out of nowhere and your mentality saved you from a bigger cost or maybe saved you from getting depleted? Honestly, growing up, and even though my dad had the perfect job when I was a kid, he worked for for the state, which was what everybody considered the best job. Even though you didn't make a lot of money, you had great benefits. There was a lot of times where we were struggling. And that, as I grew up, taught me, okay, you can make it through this. I watched my dad. He broke his leg and we almost lost everything because he ran out of sick leave and all that stuff. And That was the perfect scenario for me to understand and to learn this is what it takes. I learned from my parents. We can make it. We just got to pay attention to what we're doing. And growing up, I learned it. And then as an adult, that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. You know what? We'll get through this. Just means I got to buckle down and work a little harder. (laughs) Gotcha. It's easy to give up. It's harder to stay firm and keep going. Make it happen. And if what you're doing doesn't work find a different thing that does but keep pushing yeah a lot of just given how much you know business knowledge you have how much experience you you have built up and all that you can share with others what is the best way to effectively share that with the owner operator community what's the best way to get those insights out it's funny i don't because i'm technically challenged i'm a to myself type of a guy and it wasn't until I went to the truck show and been down with everybody, talked much about, that's what's actually opened me up to talking to people about it. I've always just been quiet and just sat in the wayside and gone, eh, if you want advice, I'll help you, but I'm not going to tell you anything because it's kind of up to you. I'm just starting to feel like maybe somebody does want this. And I've talked with some other friends and I'm like, at some point I would like to teach guys how to be truckers. Not how to drive the truck. Anybody can learn how to back up a truck and put it in a hole, but how to be a trucker, how to do the business. And that's something that, yeah, I'm kind of, I would love to be able to teach somebody that, but I don't, don't exactly know how yet. I know that there's guys on YouTube doing it. And the sad part is 
there's some guys on YouTube that go out and buy a truck and instantly they're telling everybody how to be an owner operator. And then a year later, they're out of business because they really didn't have any kind of a business foundation, but it sounded good. And then there are a few guys that no, they've been in this for a while and they're all saying the same thing. Put your money away. You don't want to do this the rest of your life. The point is to be able to retire sometime. Be smart about it. I don't know if YouTube is the answer or, or what. I wish they did. I think what it is, you try to set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things with, with driving truck and trying to teach somebody how to, when they first get behind the wheel of the truck, you say, listen, everything that you do has a consequence. So if you want to back into that spot, set yourself up so that it's the easiest possible way for you to go into that spot. Don't make mm-hmm. it any harder than it has to be. And it's the same thing. The, everything you do with the truck is just trying to make it easier on yourself so that you don't put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah. And so this is kind of how I look at stuff. Yeah. Just different. No. I, I think and I know a lot of guys laugh, but that's just how I am. That's That's how I've always been. Have you ever had a mentor, mentee kind of relationship with any driver or anything like that? No, not really. And that's the funny part. I've got friends that drive truck and friends that own trucks, but business is business. I've always been, I've always had a lot of friends in business and the business mentality, whether it's a truck or a contracting company or any other kind of company, it's the business mind that will get you through. And yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to have issues that you didn't do, but a, a businessman will always come back and go at it a different direction and until they figure it out. And I so think you, that's the thing. The biggest thing, you're not a stupid truck driver. You're a business owner. Mm-hmm. Treat it that way. And you never took a business class or it's just all experience. Yeah, I've got a few college classes under me from when I was younger, but nothing. No, this is just the school of hard knocks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My wife says I'm an overthinker. And when you're sitting behind the wheel of a truck for 11 hours a day, you can do a lot of thinking. Oh, hell yeah. I believe that. (laughs) There's something to that. You can actually ponder on things and run numbers through your mind while you're driving and whatever. It's just a goofy thing, but it's the truth. (laughs) You can can make yourself, you can figure things out if you really work at it and think about it. I'm definitely nobody special. And there's probably a lot of guys that are a lot better at this than I am. But this is just the things that I know have worked for me. You'd be so modest. It's not necessarily better, Lon, right? It's different. And it's your own way. It's their own way. And it's working. And I think that's all that matters. Well, that's it. And you're trying to look at the big picture. For us, where we come over and we book our own loads and we dispatch ourselves. You take knowing the industry and knowing how drivers talk to their dispatchers. Mm -hmm. You come over. Here, you have to look at it as business. If you talk to a broker the way that drivers talk to the dispatchers, we won't be hauling for anybody. And that's another side of when somebody comes over trying to explain to a new driver, listen, these are business contacts. They need to be treated as such. You might not be happy with them, but you still need to put on that smiling face and treat them as a professional because we're going to need them again. And, and that's the, how you deal with things. And if you deal with it as a professional and looking at it as this is a business and not just 
another person I'm working with, you tend to take that a little more serious when you realize this is your bottom dollar. And now it can affect more than just you. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. a lot of I'm understanding correctly. Another way of saying that too is within tracking, there are so many uncontrollables, but one thing that you can control is how you treat other people and how you build those relationships because that will reward you in, in so many unknown ways at the time that you're building it, right? I'm sure so easy to lose your patience and get frustrated. There's all this you know, wait time and things that are so heavily regulated that you just have to go with it. But interacting with other people, not only you feel the benefits to your own business, when you're part of a fleet, you're playing for the whole team, right? Exactly. I Google every place I'm going and I look at the reviews. And mm. nine times out of 10, you'll see a handful of good reviews and a handful of bad reviews. And if I see them that way, I know that when I go there, if I go in and I am super friendly and treat them professionally, chances are good. I'm going to have a good experience. That's part of this business that guys don't understand. You go in and you treat these people like professionals. You don't know what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So go in there and give them a good day. And guess what? Chances are really good. You'll have a lot better day as well. That's so true. And it's that way in everything. But when you bleed it over into trucking, it makes a huge difference. When you've hauled the load for a broker and you're doing a feedback call with them, say, hey, thanks for allowing me to pull that load. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to work with you again. All of a sudden now, it's a broker that when you call him down the road and he says, can do this, you say, hey, can you come up a little bit more on that? Because I really got to get this to get home. And he'll be like, yeah, I can work with you on that. And that's how you do business. I like what you said. It just applies to everything, especially trucking. I had a question too, because I don't know how we let it get this far into the podcast. <laughs> addressing. Your famous hat. I think yeah. your famous hat. What are the comments you're getting? What does your wife think of it? I want to hear everything. Oh, also, before, uh, okay. you, before you start, please describe the hat. <laughs> it is a cowboy hat that is the Stars and Stripes. It is not an expensive hat. It was one that Love sold, oh, three years ago, I guess, something like that. I wear glasses. Rain and glasses don't mix. Cowboy, I love cowboy hats. So the country was having some issues and whatever, and I bought this red, white, and blue cowboy hat and started wearing it when I get out of my truck. No matter where I'm at, when I'm on the road, my cowboy hat is on. Mm -hmm. And I, yes, I wear cowboy boots too. That's just, okay, I'm old school trucking. That's how I didn't even know cowboy that. Boots. You yep. were wearing cowboy boots when I saw you. I wore them the first day. Okay. And then the next day I had comfy shoes on and whatever else. Oh, yeah. But you blend in with the rest of us. Yeah. But that's how I am. I So when I'm in the truck, I have a set of clothes that stay in. They go home, they get washed, they go back in the truck. But this crazy hat. So I bought this <laughs> just to kind of brighten things up a little bit. And I started wearing it. It stays in the truck. My wife will not let me wear it around the house. Well, she won't <laughs> let me wear it out in public that it has stayed in my truck and everywhere i go there's not a week that somebody doesn't comment on i like your hat i like your hat and so yeah for what it's worth 
it's getting really worn out. It was only like a $14 hat to start with. <laughs> I was going to say, um, for everyone who's never seen this hat, it is tattered. It is not a yeah. fresh American flag. It's been through a few wars. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not, but everybody loves it. And yeah. I notice now that they're starting to come out with some newer versions of it at the Loves. In fact, I'm parked at the Loves tonight, and they've got them. And I keep thinking about maybe it's time to trade it in and get a new one. Oh, no. I, this crazy thing, has, it gets so many comments, and everybody <laughs> always says, I love your hat. I love your hat. So, yeah, for what it's worth, I've got an American cowboy hat, and it stays in the truck with me. And, yeah, so if you see some character with a long gray beard and red, white, and blue cowboy hat, at a truck stop, it's probably me. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anybody else. <laughs> well, I would, I would love there to be some kind of like when it does finally happen, right? When this hat decides to, you know, retire, just like uh, you plan to retire one of these days. I hope that there's like a nice ceremony or something. People could say, come and say a few words. And we're like, oh, yes, I remember. I met this hat back in 2018. It was nicer then. <laughs> right. Well, what, maybe what I'll do is next, next year I'll wear it to the truck show and I'll make everybody sign it and then we'll retire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the San Francisco office, we actually have a cowboy hat that a couple of ICOs have signed and we would be honored <laughs> to, we can do a hat exchange <laughs> and you can sign one and you'll, I'll sign yours and it'll all be, there you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think... Maybe. Especially because you're at Love's, you need to get one for your wife. You just bring it home oh. and see yeah. her reaction. You never know. Maybe she secretly really wants one. Oh. You yeah. guys, you yeah, guys you match would. at the beach? Yeah. You're a lot of <laughs> <cowboy hat. laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprise her for her anniversary and just be like, Hey, I got you something. She'll be like, Oh, are we going to Hawaii? I'm like, no, we, I got you another hat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that would be good. So when I'm home and out of the truck, nine times out of 10 in the summer, I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. A cowboy hat doesn't always work with that. <laughs> I think it totally we need the boots to go with the hat. That's true. That's what we do, right? Right? I totally I'm just it. saying America goes with everything. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, this crazy hat has it, I would have never guessed. I had a black cowboy hat that wasn't anything fancy, but I wore it for quite a while. And I was at a shipper one day and the woman goes, man, I love that hat. And so I stuck it on her head and I said, it's yours. <laughs> and that's actually how I got it out. That was where that one went. I just, I looked at her. I said, it's yours. I put it on her head and she was happy as a clam. So wow. then I ended up with this red, white, and blue one. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been funny. Sounds like you got <laughs> Everybody an Everybody likes it. You yeah. got an upgrade. 
God, I'm glad we got that hat talk out of the way because it's very important. I wanted to ask like straight up, but then I was like, man, like if I start, if we start there, who knows where I'll go. That's it. That's, that's the end to all end right there is that hat. Yeah. So the first day that I saw you, I was like, oh yeah, I looked at hat first, then you. And then I was like, oh, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. He's right there. <laughs> and then the second day you came... I could have just passed right over you. I was like, I don't know. Yep, who I is this? <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> I, it's literally the same it. guy. But for some reason, I was like, you're just some random dude. But that's it. That hat sticks out. I can blend in. I know. It's a very good covert operation you got going on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can work for special ops. <laughs> all right guys unfortunately i'm going to have to drop here but lon i will be very interested to hear if you end up buying your wife a hat and how all of that goes down so definitely keep us posted and just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and expertise with us it has been an absolute pleasure I've learned so much, and I'm just so um, grateful for your time. Thank you. Can't wait to can't wait to meet in person one of these days. That's just it. Uh, Got to make it happen. Thank you so much. Yeah, Lonnie I and I are only about ninety miles from each other. So next coffee, time, coffee is coming shortly. Oh, it's absolutely happening. Coffee, cocktails, <laughs> all of the above. There you go. All right. Sounds all like right. a plan. Drive safe. So Carolyn, queen of dispatch, would like to ask you a question. She wanted to know what kind of music you listen to while you're cruising down the interstate. What's typically on Lon's stereo while you drive? <laughs> you're going to laugh. I don't listen to anything. No, really? I, I, yep, I listen to my truck when I'm driving. Very seldom, but when I'm really tired, I've got some old country CDs that are the old trucking music and I'll put those in but for the most part I don't play any music or anything while I'm driving because I like to listen to the truck and what are you listening for are you listening for something to happen or are you just listening to the hum of the truck yeah it's just a combination of everything because you can tell if something is changing on the truck because of the noises and things like that and so I've just always been that way. And even in a car, very seldom do I listen to music. It's just how I am. I tend to listen to the truck when I'm going down the road mm -hmm. and what's going on around me. And I know a lot of guys listen to music and all kinds of things. I just don't. Okay. I never have. Okay. Isn't that funny? I, but yeah, if it is something, it's the old time trucking country music. And what is that? What are the, the artists or the songs? I'm going to have to get the cover out of the seat. Yeah, get the cover out of the seat. Come on, tell me what it is. I've got my favorite CD. It's got Lay Me Down, A Truck Driving Man. And it's these guys you've probably never even heard of because you're just a kid. But it's, I am uh, old enough to George, know things. The Willis Brothers, mm -hmm. Mac Wiseman, Del Reeves, Jack Green. Red Simpson, it's just all old trucking music. And it's, yeah, for what it's worth, it's it's the old style 
talking about driving. And you were right. I knew nothing about what you just said. Correct. I guess I am a little kid. I I thought that I was going to come out of nowhere and be like, yeah, I know. And I actually had no idea. So you're, you are correct. (laughs) Yeah. This is like stuff from way back. (laughs) Yeah. When I was a kid. Oh, okay. I definitely wouldn't know. (laughs) I know country stuff, but I have very limited knowledge. And so you just listened to that one CD. Yeah, I don't listen to it enough so it doesn't get old. It's when I'm very, very tired. If I'm just really tired and need something, I'll play that. I think it's really interesting. I want to know a little bit about where your mind goes. I know that you're listening to the truck, but do you meditate at all? Do you have any kind of mental checklists that you go through? Anything like that? Yeah, I think about, I probably meditate on a bunch of stupid stuff. I meditate a lot on the Bible, some of the Bible stuff. I've got a lot of that memorized and I, there's a lot of times where I'll think about some of that, or I think about some of the stuff that I want to do around the house or whatever. The other thing that I do as well is a lot of times I'm talking to somebody on the phone during the day or whatever, early mornings, especially I've got other friends that drive truck and they're on the road and they'll call and talk. And so my day gets broken up either way Mm -hmm. because of that. So it's not all I just sit here and just twiddle my thumbs, but at the same time, yeah, I don't, uh, it's just easier for me to pay attention to what's going on. Maybe I just can't concentrate on too many things at once. You know how when you get old and you're in a tight spot, you turn the music down so you can see better? That's what, that's what happens. I just, I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. There's a specific kind of focusing that requires all senses. And I am I feel like I get that way too, where if I need to type something... I'm like, everything needs to be silent, (laughs) like no music, whatever. (laughs) It seems every day I have my like little whatever music in the background, the the elevator music or just something to like break up the noise. And then the minute I need to type something, put it on pause, type the whole thing, listen to it for 20 seconds. Then I'm like, wait, no, I have to think about something, put it on pause again. And so I'm only listening to it, but consecutively. I'm only listening to maybe 20 minutes of music, if that, for an eight-hour day. Yep, yep. So you understand. It's the same idea. Yeah, it's the same idea. You know, for what I'm doing, I just, I don't, I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on and what's going on around me. I've blown a tire on the trailer and knew exactly when the tire blew because I heard it. Mm. You know, and if I'd had the music cranked up, mm-hmm. I'd have never heard it. I blew a tire in the truck, same thing. Boom. I knew I blew a tire in the truck. But that's how I've always been because you can hear what's going on, what's happening. Yeah. And so not everybody has to be that way. It just for me, it works. That's really interesting and something I have never thought of. That's really cool. Yeah. I was actually on the phone with another driver one night in Ohio and I blew a trailer tire and I told him I said ah, I think I just blew a tire he goes you sure I says yep I said just a second I pulled over and got out I said yep I blew a tire 
<laughs> and so if I'd had the music cranked up, I wouldn't have heard it go. Yeah. And so that's just how I am. I'm probably anal on some of this stuff. No, you're magical. That's what that is. You're just, you have honed yourself to the point where you are some kind, you just know things. And I think that's, that is all skill. You are a masterful truck driver because you have those skills and that you've really figured out every single step that you need to like be a good truck driver. So that's a skill. Either that or I'm lucky. I'm not sure which. I, I think, think luck has a good time, but. Yeah. Works. Yes. I think that luck does, but I think that's all. You say that there's people that are more experienced than you. I'm like, you're pretty experienced, Lon. You got it going on. Okay. So let me ask you about your broken bones. <laughs> You, (laughs) I know I phrased that weird, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going. You have, I have heard that you have broken every bone in your body. And you told me recently that it's not every bone, but almost every bone. So what I'm curious, (laughs) yeah, I would like to know how many bones have you broken? And also how did you break all these bones? (laughs) I've broken a few bones. I broke all my ribs. Um, oh, I broke no. a shoulder, some knuckles. I don't have any cartilage in one of my legs. There's a few things that I've messed up. Besides trucking, I've always been involved in racing and some other. For seven years of my life, I raced inboard hydroplanes on the traveling circuit throughout Canada, in the half of the United States. And then I also raced uh, snowmobiles on ice ovals. So, yeah, I've been hard on my body. Mm-hmm. And when we all went go-kart racing that night, mm-hmm. after a couple of those rounds, four days, I couldn't get my left arm to go above my shoulders. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> just because, and I knew it was going to happen. It's just, yeah, I, I, my body's beat up and wore out in some aspects. So wow. uh, it's funny, but yeah, when you do stupid stuff like that, you pay for it later on in life. Yeah, I, no, I haven't broken all my bones, but I've broken a few. And on cold winter days, I feel everything I've messed up. And that's why, honestly, truck driving is a perfect job because all I got to do is swing some doors and slide some tandems. This really works out well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was going to say, you're in Minnesota on cold days. Like, you don't get warm days. <laughs> it's Minnesota. The summers are great in Minnesota. Okay. They really are. What I have and this is the thing, this is the other beautiful part about what I do. All winter long, I leave Minnesota to go to warmer climates and then come back. My loads, I'll run to Texas, I'll run to Florida, I'll run wherever the warm weather is, and then I'll go home. But we normally take a lot of trips in the wintertime, too, to go spend a week or two where it's so it is what it is. My wife has a great job and our grandbabies are in Minnesota. So we won't be leaving Minnesota, mm-hmm. but it allows, this allows me to go where it's warm. And then I go back and then I go back where it's warm and I go back home. So it works. It makes the winters go by quicker and uh, it's a crazy life. I've had, I've had a lot of very good experiences in my life and I've been very blessed. I'm very blessed to still be here. And maybe that's part of, what makes me who I am. 
I appreciate every day that I have. And I actually take it as every breath is a gift. Wow. I think that you're basically a trucking monk. (laughs) I don't know what I am. I'll be honest with you. I've been trying to figure it out. You'll appreciate this. My first ex-mother-in-law, she said to her daughter, she said, he'll never be anything other than a stupid truck driver. (laughs) Okay. This is for all those truck drivers out there that are listening to this. I make more money every year than any one of her college-educated kids do now. Wow, what a burn. I don't know what you, that lady is, <laughs> where she is, or what she's doing right now, but she's feeling it. She's burning. Wow. So for, yes. for every time somebody, somebody calls us a dumb truck driver, there's a lot of us dumb truck drivers that are doing okay for themselves. Have you seen her since? <laughs> You should just like uh, go by and like make it rain on her <laughs> and then take the, take yeah, your money. Well, she's gone now, but uh, it is one of those where there is something to be said when somebody says that to you. And then I never really intended to finish out my life doing this, but now I look at it and I go, that's comical. How did it make you feel when you heard that? Yeah, it's funny. As a young kid, I was probably 18 years old when she said this, uh-huh. maybe 19. As a kid, this is all there is here. This is the only way I'm really going to make a living here. And for me, because I wasn't going to college, I looked at it as it's just a job. But the longer you do it, it's more than just a job. Mm -hmm. And once you start getting over the road, then it's a lifestyle. This is not like any other nine to five job that you'll ever work. And you can't explain it to anybody that's never done it. The thing is, when you go over the road and you're driving over the road, life's a lot different. And I look back at it now, I I chuckle, and I think it's just out of pure ignorance that she didn't understand what there was for potential in driving. Yeah, a lot of times we're looked down on by society, and at the same time, you're like, without us, you wouldn't have anything. So you probably are out here doing this. I'm going to tell you this right now, Lon. I never thought that I would be working at a trucking company. Shocking, I know. I did not expect that this was going to be a pivot in my career or that I was going to be talking to truck drivers every single day and building connections with them. I was not expecting that. And it's funny because I've only been here for a year and the amount of the knowledge that I've built like from just talking to you guys is just astronomical to the point where now I'm on the road and I'm like, mm, Peterbilt, Volvo, sleeper, <laughs> like, drive van. The fact that I could even know any of that, whereas before I'm like, truck, it's red, it's green. <laughs> to the fact that I know all this is it's from you guys. It's from the community that you guys have created but if someone would have told me when I was 18, what you were told, I lived, and I'm sure that's true for you, I've lived so many different lives since I was 18. I've yep. experienced so many different things that, oh my gosh, for someone to tell you anything at 18, say you'll always be this or you'll just be this, not even true. <laughs> Preposterously well, that's not. That's very true. It's funny how, and I think society has changed over 
time. But it is. It's funny when you look at things and people's perception. Even my wife, when I looked at her and said, I'm going to go back to driving truck. Now, mm-hmm. she had never been with me when I had anything to do with the truck other than I was working on them and do some do. And she goes, truckers are nasty. And I said, no, honey, not all truckers are nasty. But that was her first thought process of a mm-hmm. trucker. Mm-hmm. And now that she sees, oh, yeah, not all truckers are that way. It, yeah. There is a few. Yes, there's a few that you need to hose them off and explain <laughs> to them, no, this is a profession. Dress professionally. Mm-hmm. There is a few that need an education. But at the same time, no, there's a lot of guys out here that, especially now, there's guys that this is their second or third career. Some of these guys were businessmen that are now driving truck for a living. And it's neat to see that there's a really big diversity. And that's what's so cool. There's a lot of guys out here that are college educated that have had good businesses. And for one thing, one reason or the other, things went bad for them or they ended up divorced or they lost their, their wife and they're in behind the wheel of a truck. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to see that. There's a big difference in the trucking industry now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think we're experiencing a different kind of trucking. I know that we talk about this a lot at True North, but I think in general, I think people are starting to see that they're it's such a commodity that yeah. it's actually happening. It's finally happening. You're getting the change that you wish to see after all these exactly. years. <laughs> exactly. Everybody says, why don't you just get your own authority? I said, because I don't want the headaches. Yeah. I can do this and I can have somebody else do all my paperwork, somebody Mm -hmm. else do all my billing, all that stuff. And I still get to run my business and do it the way I want to. What was your wife doing? Because I know you were saying that she helped you with the business, but what was her job as you were driving? My wife that I have now, she is in charge customer service Mm -hmm. uh, for a company and Mm -hmm. she's been with them for quite a few years she actually started ground floor with them and now she's in charge of the whole customer service group good for her her okay yeah her job and it works out perfect for us now because hey guess what she's busy all week anyways it's nothing for her to be sitting in bed at 1 30 in the morning doing emails so for me to be gone during the week it works out perfect she wouldn't have time for me anyways. And then our weekends are ours. And so it works out very well. But she's very business-minded, and we work very well together. What I do everything paper and pencil. It's just how I am. I've got load sheets. I keep track of everything that way. I'm on the road. I put everything in a file per month so that at the end of the year, I hand her that thing, and she's got everything all lined out. She takes it to the tax guy and says, here you go. okay (laughs) yeah we work very well together and she's very business-minded so i can tell her look we've got to look at this or what do you think about this and she'll tell me yes no or otherwise you know funny story is when we did our llc for the trucking company Mm -hmm. i sent her to start to do the paperwork for my trucking company she came back owning half of it and i said if you're going to own half you should have taken 51 percent so that we were minority owned and we'd be in good shape And she just looked at me. She goes, damn, you're right. I should have. (laughs) Okay. So y'all need each other. 
yeah, it's funny. We laugh about everything. I said, I've never had a paycheck from this company, but she's making a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As long as it ends up in your, your bank account, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> That's right. I told her, I said, I said, I wish you'd fire me. She goes, I'm not firing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm glad that she can help you out while you're on the road and there's less one less headache that you have to worry about as far as paperwork goes, which I know is she your pay, enemy. That's it. And she pays the bills. Honestly, she pays the bills for the truck and all that. And we are set up so we have I have three different credit cards that go with me every week. One is just for my whatever. If I want to buy a meal, I want to run across a scale, whatever. Mm-hmm. That one is my weekly thing. And she pays it off every week so that there's always a zero balance. And then I have a bigger one that if I'm on the road and we need a repair. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a really bigger one if I need a really major repair. But she takes care of all that. And I just say, hey, what do I need if I'm doing this? Like when I got tires on, I said, honey, what car do I use to put tires on? She goes, how much is it? I told her she goes, use this one. I said, okay. And then she said, what did it come to? And I'll get it paid off. I said, okay, so this is what it was. That's how we operate. But by operating that way, our credit's phenomenal because guess what? I'm always rotating through credit cards and we just keep paying them off. So we have really good credit and we've utilized the business to make that happen. Wow. Can you guys come and do my taxes and stuff and help me figure <laughs> out my life? Because my life is in shambles, Lon. I need you to help. <laughs> Send your wife over here. <laughs> She'll straighten you out. She's mean, though. I'm just going to tell you. No. Write <laughs> <laughs> that comment. <laughs> no, yeah, no. no. It's, it's, I did. It's funny. We work very well as a team. Yeah. And we have the same goals. And I think that's it. It's when you're on the same page with your partner and you have the same goals, you can do things a little bit differently than what others can. We can tighten the ropes up for a couple of weeks and and not spend a lot of money if we want to do something different. She'll, she knows uh, if we're going to park the truck for a few weeks, well, there's still bills that the truck is acquiring mm-hmm. while it's sitting still. So... Even though she wants me home every weekend, she knows if I'm going to sit for a couple weeks, maybe, just maybe, I need to run hard for a couple weeks and stay out on the road Mm -hmm. so we can make Mm -hmm. some more money. And that's the other part about being a team and understanding how that all works together. Trucking is inherently hard on relationships. It just is because you're not home. And you can work as a team and understand what the other one wants. And what it takes to make that happen. How do you support her while you're on the road? We talk a lot. Text is a big thing. We text all the time anyways. But we, we talk on the phone. We've got a very good relationship. She's pretty independent. But at the same time, she's always asking for my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, how do you feel about this? What do you think we ought to do with this? And that has, it's just that mentality that has worked for us yeah and she is the solid one in the group i just go to work and do what i've got to do she's the brains of the outfit but we work very well together and we complement each other very well on how we think yeah that's really nice it's a special relationship you have to have a very good 
supporting spouse, you have to be mindful of when they look at you and say, honey, I need you to be home, that you need to take the time to do that. I got carried away here. It's easy for me to get out on the road and to run 10 or 12 days when freight's good. And I got carried away for a while. I started doing that. And she very nicely reminded me, honey, it's time for you to be home every weekend again. And I went, gotcha. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So you have to be mindful of how the other one is feeling. And you have to talk about this stuff. I love that. I absolutely love the like almost no questions asked. All you have to do is just say when. That's really nice because I'm, it's hard when you have someone or I can, I'd have to imagine that it would be hard to have reminders of that person that your other teammate around you all the time at your house and and that person's just gone. And to just be able to know that, okay, maybe I have another day. Maybe I have another two days. After that, it's, here's the phone call. It's like the bat signal. Lon, come home. That's it. it. And that's it. I try to be home every weekend now, mm-hmm. but it's when I left this week, I said, hey, honey, if I can't get a good paying load home for Friday, I'll just stay out and make it a triangle and then come home and take a few extra days off. And she's like, all right, just keep me up to date on what's going on because our weekends are important. Mm -hmm. So I was blessed enough to get a good load going back. So it'll all work out. But she understands the business enough to know that it's not an exact science. Yeah. And sometimes things don't work the way they're supposed to. Well, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. It's not like your nine to five job. I know that I'm getting done at five o'clock Friday night. Might not be that way. I mm-hmm. might have sat in the shipper for four hours, and now I don't have time enough to make it home Friday night. I'm going to have to stop, take a 10-hour break, and then I'll be home. You know? so, yeah, yeah. So there's things that don't always go as planned in the trucking industry, and when you've got a partner that understands that, you have to get their set their expectations so that they're not expecting something that that you just can't promise. Yeah. So I'm going to change the subject slightly. You said something about how you got into your accidents. And I also heard that you do some kind of hoverboating. Okay, so hydroplane racing. I hydroplane yeah, I racing. Yeah, I raced inboard hydroplanes for seven what is, years of my life. Wait, first of all, what is hydroplane racing for those who don't know what that is? Because I have no idea what that is. It's hard to explain, but it's a boat that kind of flies over the top of the water. Okay. They're on the water, but they're not. There's supposed to be a couple of points of the boat that actually touch the water, the prop, the rudder, and a skid fin mm-hmm. that you can turn. And then they bounce around a little bit. There's always been a really good circuit in Canada and in North America that you could race. And when I was young, I got involved in it back before they had air systems and all kinds of neat stuff. And then I went back and I raced with Go Fast Energy Drinks as a sponsor in 2007 and 8 and 9. I drove the Go Fast boat. And in 2007, we actually made the finals in the world championships in our class. So that was a big deal. Wow. And then I raced ice oval snowmobiles when I was younger and thought it would be a really cool idea to come out of retirement because I've got a friend that's got multiple world championships so I got two of them 
I came back out of retirement and went and raced a, a season with them out here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. Wisconsin area. Yeah, I can't see good enough to do that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had a couple of good wrecks this last time, but it's the I've been involved in it and in racing in some form or another on a, um, in my whole life. That was all I really wanted to do. Was race? Can't make a living. Yeah, you can't make a living doing that stuff unless you got money. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I had a lot of fun doing it. I've met a lot of good people, and like I say, I've been very blessed. At the same point. I've been extremely hard on my body over the years. And so now I feel that. And it's one of those things that you just go, well, I had a lot of good times. I'm very blessed and very thankful for it. I'm glad for every breath that I get to take. And I've been able to be around some really cool people. And are you still in contact with them at all? Oh, yeah. I feel bad because I'm always so busy, but I still see my friends a lot. We've all retired from it now. It's fun to look back on the memories. In fact, my buddy tagged me in a post and he says, man, he says, I think we've been friends for 34 years. And I said, oh, man, we're getting old. <laughs> and when you realize that, yeah, we we raced together back in the 90s and then mm-hmm. we, we got a chance to run a little bit recently, it was fun. It was neat to, neat to do. And I, yeah, I've been very blessed and very fortunate to do the things that I've done and it's all come from hard work and being in the right place at the right time I think it's also I know this is a movie trope but you got to actually do it which is pretty fun is to come out of retirement one last time (laughs) like Ocean's Eleven style (laughs) like assemble the team it's kind of get the chance to say I'm not young anymore but I really want to try this again I had some success I wasn't uh, a flop (laughs) that was good but it's time I realized that my body wasn't in the right position to be able to continue to to do that stuff anymore yeah you realize that and I had other things I've got other things to live for so racing isn't my end all and Mm -hmm. uh, you just go nah I I would like to be around with my grandbabies I'd like to enjoy the stuff that I get to do with them and why waste the money now I want to retire I want to get to a point where I don't have to work it's just a little different yeah but like I say I've been blessed I've been been i'm so fortunate for the life i've had yeah there's some pictures on facebook and stuff here and there i'm just like i say i'm very blessed that i've been able to do the things i've done and yeah very thankful for it that's excellent you yeah as we said you get to live so many different lives over the years and so having old friends are really it brings you back to those times you do and that's i think people don't realize i'm 56 Thing of 56 and in this amount of years I've I've literally there's times where I've said I've had three different lifespans mm-hmm. is how it feels since I've been an adult and and it's just you feel like that you can break it up into segments of your life and go man I've done some really cool stuff I've done mm-hmm. some stupid stuff but I've done some really cool stuff too and a lot of people will spend their entire life wishing they'd had the chance to do some of the crazy stuff that I've done. And I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful. I look at it and say, man, I've been very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to be sitting here in my... Yeah, being able to still do what you love, which is being able to drive your truck and and have the kind of autonomy that you want to have in your life. Yeah. And every truck driver will know there's a love-hate relationship with your truck. 
the hardest day of your week is the day you leave your family. Mm-hmm. Then once you get in your truck and you get out and you start doing what you do all the time, you're in a routine and it's completely different. It's a different life. And then you go home and you're like a fish out of water for 24 hours while you're getting like acclimated back to your family. Mm-hmm. And then you do it again. But it's an amazing I've seen so much of the country and seen so many cool things. It's no, this is what it's about. Every part of this country is beautiful in its own way. I get to enjoy that. Not a lot of people do. So what is your favorite thing that you've seen while trucking? I think it's just the fact that no matter where you go, whether, and it really, it doesn't matter. Each section of this country is beautiful in its own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it is. I really appreciate running down through some of the little old Western towns in the back, the back roads of Oklahoma and Texas, Mm -hmm. because you go through these little towns and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you could look back on when the cowboys were riding around out there mm-hmm. whatever, and you go, you, some days you look at it and you see the ruins and you go, I wonder really what happened here. What made this town even spring up here? But it is, it's the seeing those little towns, seeing the back country things that a lot of people don't see. I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing the countryside everywhere from Arizona's got its own pretty stuff, even though it's desert and and you go to the mountains, the Rockies are beautiful, and you go, everything is, even though it's different, it's always pretty. It's always got its own beauty to it. I think that's what's so cool about this country and about traveling it. I personally haven't really experienced it because I don't have my license lawn, so I don't get to drive places. <laughs> I only get to fly places. fix that. No, no, <laughs> no. Flying places is good too. Yeah, flying places is good. I've grown accustomed (laughs) to having people drive me around places like I'm a child. So I'm going to keep doing that for as long as possible. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. When I my wife drives. Yeah. And and she's funny. Why don't you drive? I I don't want to. I drive all the time. I don't want to (laughs) drive. And uh, so it is. It's funny. We have, because of my license, we have this agreement. If I have one drink, I can't drive. She's going, you're getting a drink, aren't you? I said, yep. Yep. I, she goes, you have to drive. I said, I don't care. I don't want to drive, but I'll get a drink anyway. Wow. And that's, <laughs> that's our, I don't, when I get home, I'm more comfortable in my truck than I am in anything else driving. So okay, it is. I get home and I do not drive if I don't have to. That's fair. That's fair. I, it's funny because I've heard both sides. I've heard that the spouse drives because the driver does not want to drive. And then I've heard the other words, no, I do all the driving. There's nothing that my spouse does at all. <laughs> so it's either like a hard no or a hard yes. There is no in between. So I want to know what would you do? If trucking was no longer an option, I know you're very close to retirement, but what would you be doing if trucking was not an option for you? I would probably try to find something that I could do in my little shop at the house just to stay busy. If it was one of those things where I could do anything I wanted to and trucking wasn't an option, I would probably have some kind of a ranch. I I love being around the horses and I love being around animals. If the sky was a limit, I'd probably take on a bunch of these horses that need good taken care of. And 
a bunch of dogs that need a good place to live and all of that's probably if the sky was a limit that would be what i would be doing and do you have animals if I, yeah we've got two horses and we're down to one dog right now only one and, dog wow <laughs> yeah we had well we had three They've all passed, uh, two of them have passed on and we've got one left. And mm. The amount of traveling that we like to do now, I don't know that we will get another dog, but the horses are, we've got some amazing horses. I call them, they're 1,000 pound, 1,200 pound dogs. They're uh, really cool. They were both kind of rescues. It's been, they're probably the biggest enjoyment you could ever ask. It's really fun to go out and spend time with them and how they like to react and interact with you so it's i wonderful. really got to where they are they are a huge bright spot it's amazing how relaxing picking up horse crap can be <laughs> okay <laughs> you have something about you where you like a lot of things that people do not like <laughs> i you make the most out of it if you're outside and you're just you have to learn to enjoy every moment Mm-hmm. And I think that might be part of it. I, I've, and maybe it comes with age. I don't know. I don't know what causes it, but I can tell you this. The more you enjoy the stupid little moments, the more enjoyable your life is. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing to go home and spend three hours out in the field with the horses, cleaning up after them, and just be so relaxed that it's crazy. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's a good it's, lesson, uh, though. Enjoy the yeah, little things. You know, try to make exactly. Take the most out of it because you never know. Oh. As I've been watching, uh, and I know you see the news, but on a lot of the trucking sites, we're we're seeing accidents that are just, it's terrible. Every week, it seems to be multi-truck accidents. And mm-hmm. that's another whole story why that's happening. But at the same point, it makes you realize that, hey, guess what? Tomorrow's not guaranteed and make the most out of it because you just don't know. Yeah. Words of wisdom from an old timer. Enjoy the moment. You're not that, that old. Enjoy it. Yeah. There was a, a time today where I just bent down to pick up a, a piece of cord or something like that. And my knees hurt. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I just heard the one pop and I was like, "Uh oh. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Hey, you got an itty bitty thing, there's nothing to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I was I was the reaper just came up from behind me. So they need uh, to make a hot tub for a semi so that you can relax in a hot tub at night when you're in the in a truck stop. See, and then this would be the perfect career. Hell yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because all my only experience doing this is when you have to sit on an airplane for eight hours. And my body after that, I feel like the tin man. All of my joints hurt and for you to be doing this when you're driving and then you're in your truck when you're not driving and just being constantly in that upright position like what do you do to make sure that your body is okay because especially you because you've been in so many accidents and your bones are so all over the place Lon. what are you doing 
honestly, the seats are very comfortable. Okay. But I always park, and and Earl will tell you this, whenever he's met up with me on the road, I mm-hmm. walk everywhere. I park the farthest I can from the truck stop, and I walk to the building. I have dumbbells in the truck with me that I work out with to keep everything moving. You have to find little things to do. But I'm very cautious, too, on what I eat now. I don't eat a lot of junk because it's real easy to pack the weight on sitting behind the wheel. There's a lot of things that, and that's another whole thing that truckers are starting to learn, is trying to eat healthy in a truck so that you can stay healthy and be safe behind the wheel. There's so many aspects to this career that people forget about, and you just brought up one of them, is our health. You actually have to make a conscious effort. And that is a, that's a big deal. But yeah, no, I've got some dumbbells that I work out with just to keep everything moving. I walk a lot. Mm -hmm. I walk a lot. So that's, walking is good for the soul. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's how I do it. Yep. (laughs) All right. I mean, that's a, that is good advice. And honestly, I've only been to one lot but those things are long just to get to from one place to another you're walking for a while that's good for you it is good for you yeah when we were down to the truck show i looked at we wanted to go grab some stuff from the store and i looked it up i says oh it's only a half a mile away and uh it was you gotta be kidding me i said no it's only a half a mile it won't be that big deal let's walk with it you have to think about things like that it's good for you to walk and as a driver if you don't walk it's probably, it'll catch up to you eventually. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because when I was at the trucking show, I was helping set up. So I mm-hmm. set up the whole thing and I'm like, okay, and I'm getting hungry. So I'm going to go and get something to eat. And someone's like, oh yeah, there's a Burger King right outside the convention center, but you have to get yep. out of the, the parking lot to get to it. But the parking yep. lot... <laughs> It's like huge. And so I so I go, I walk all the way to the the Burger King. And I'm sure I probably walked like a mile or something just out of that lot through because I was doing a diagonal, not like a straight shot. I was like diagonal. (laughs) I make it all the way to Burger King. I get it. And then I'm like, nope, I'm I'm Ubering back. And I just got. <laughs> I'm too tired. Uh, if you didn't Uber back, you'd be hungry again. <laughs> I know. I said, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and that's, that's why funny. That is the reason why the the Reaper is behind me when I pick up something off the floor. <laughs> I can't do it See. <laughs> okay so it's been a while i've been talking to you for so long do you have anything that you're like i want to touch on i guess i just say if you're on true north and you come over to true north and you're part of true north remember that this is a giant team and your actions might cause somebody else some heartache because you had a bad moment so Mm. remember that uh, your actions reflect on more than just you and that's a huge thing Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I love it over here and this is a family atmosphere and it's a great group of people and we all have to remember that we're professionals and 
our actions can hurt other people's careers as well. Mm-hmm. Just remembering, remembering that you affect other people, not just yourself. I know we made a blog post about it. Everything is a team sport when you're a part of a fleet. We're a part of a mission together. And so you're completely right. I think we see each other as lone wolves a lot, as people who you're only in your truck, you only see these specific people and that's it. But it's really true that every single time you're out on the road, right, you are a representative of something bigger. You might not ever want to haul with that broker again, but that doesn't mean that somebody else that's working. There's things that we all have to keep in mind that way. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, like I say, we're a team. We might be individual players, but we're still part of a team and we're part of an overall team that if we do things right, we can be very successful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, that's I'm happy that you're a part of my team, Lon. I, I, I'm just happy that I actually got to meet you and we got to hang out for a little bit. It was a great weekend going to the awesome. Mid-America Trucking Show and meeting everyone and being able to connect. I would never have gone and I had so much fun and I will do my best not to miss it because, again, because I enjoyed coming down meeting you. And just actually having a minute to, it makes you feel more like the family. It's real easy to get, you said it's really easy to be a loner out here, mm-hmm. but it really solidifies the fact that, yeah, there is, there's a huge family behind this. And there's a great group of people in the office that are doing amazing things for us. And that's, it was just like I say, I was so glad that I came and I had so much fun and it did. It renewed me in why I enjoy this company so much. And that was a big deal. And I, and I know we're trying to have more of those things because I, I know we know it's important. As Carolyn said, it's important to meet your family, right? I'm finally meeting my family. It was really special. And I hope that we can have some more in the future and and have even more of a family reunion than we had, or not even a reunion, it's a, a family meeting. I've talked to you on the phone a few times over the last couple of months, yep. but I finally met you. Like it finally happened. A face with a voice right, and, and a name. And I go, oh, I know who I'm talking to now. But that's a big deal. I know who I'm dealing with. It's not that I'm just dealing with somebody in an office somewhere. That makes it a lot different as well. I know I'll see you again, and I'm sure I'll see you very soon, but you know that I'm probably going to call you up and just to shoot the shit. I'm just, I'm in this big blue thing and feel free to call anytime. If I don't answer, I'm sleeping. But if I sleep in generally, I'll tell you, I'll text and say, hey, I'm sleeping. Uh, (laughs) I'll text you back. (laughs) If anyone anyone called me while I was sleeping, nope, nope. You think I'm nice, but I don't mean because when I don't get my sleep. Well, and that's the other thing about this job. Sometimes you can have some really weird hours. Mm -hmm. And that's the other side of things. Like last week, I loaded and I had a really bad headache. So I stopped and did a split break. So I thought, shoot, I'll take a nap. I'll sleep for seven hours. I'll get up and then I'll run some more and then take another nap and it'll be fine. And you think I could sleep 
that seven hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you just sometimes you go through that, but then when I stopped for the other half of that break, I slept like a rock for three hours. There's times that sometimes our schedule is all goofy. Yeah. And that's part of the part of the beast. But anyway, it was lovely, lovely, lovely talking to you, Lon. And I still think that you have some kind, I don't know, you're just basically a superior being. I don't know how (laughs) you became this way, but you clearly are better than us all. And please continue to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much enjoyed talking with you. And like I said, I'm so happy that I got a chance to meet you guys and, and to meet you and hang out with you. And yeah, feel free to call anytime. Oh, yeah. So, I'll be calling you. I'm sure you'll be calling me just to help you with all your tech problems. And all that. I could probably help. <laughs> Maybe. It's funny. What was it? It was right after I started, Sam Sarah had a hiccup. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get ready to leave my house. And it won't accept where I'm at and whatever. So I call in and they give me the number to Sam Sarah. Yeah. And the first thing I told the woman, I said, listen, I said, I am basically worse than any kid that you've ever dealt with when it comes to electronics. So yeah. you just have to walk me through this. What do I need to do? She goes, you need to uninstall the program. I said, how do I do that? Oh, boy. Goes, okay, I'll walk you through. And because I did not know how to get it off of my tablet and uninstall it so I could reinstall it so it would work. Oh, and I, boy. Her, I said, I don't know how to do that. Can you walk me through this? So she walked me through it all and we chuckled. And But here again, if you treat people nice, normally mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. They're more So, yeah, I've, it's every now and then I get in a jam and I don't know why I got in the jam and I don't know how to fix it. And like today I touched the wrong button. I was actually trying to get a load. I touched the screen on my phone and it was asking me if I wanted money up front for fuel. Mm. And I'm like, no. And it hit yes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I couldn't get out of it. I ended up having to follow him and tell him, listen, <laughs> I don't want nothing. <laughs> well, I, and you know what? We're so used to that because even today I was having lunch with Bob and I was like, oh, I have to go because I'm about to go and do this podcast. And he's, oh, we have a podcast? How do I find it? Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. He's like, I don't know. And I literally was just like, give me your phone. (laughs) And I literally just, I did it for him. And I was like, congratulations, you're now subscribed to the True North Podcast. That's funny. So I just got to go to Google Podcasts and subscribe to it. Is that what it takes? I'll send you everything. I'll send it to you. Don't you worry. I'm sure you'll call me right when I send it to you just to make sure, but we'll have that conversation at a later date. (laughs) Yeah, I'll try it anyways. Before I call you, I'll try to get in. I'm always good about that. I'll try it before I, as long as I know I'm not going to erase it, I'll try it on my own four or five times. And then I'll say, that's not (laughs) what I'm doing. (laughs) All right. All right. That's fair. I'll be expecting a phone call from you then. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the vote of confidence. I'm just talking about your past here. I'm not saying, I'm just saying you have a record of it not working. (laughs) 
Tell me about it. I think you put a glitch in there. That's all it was. No. Somebody put a glitch in there because it would not take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you. And honestly, I, I'm telling you, just you have really great luck for trucking and then you have really terrible luck for like technology and somehow you landed at a trucking technology company and that must be very frustrating for you it is one of those and this is the thing everybody else runs this Samtera on their phone mm-hmm. no we got a tablet just for that because i did not want my log to mess up and what was i've got on my tablet is my log and i've Knock on wood, I've had zero problems with it other than that one time. Okay. And I'm very, I don't want to say cautious, but I am. I'm overcautious because the last thing I want is problems with my love. As you said, you're an overthinker. And I get it. Yeah. Like, I too am an overthinker. So I'm also going to knock on some wood. I don't know where, but I'm going to knock on some wood for you that you don't have any tech problems. But I think it's beyond me wishing and hoping. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And that, but that is the part of being an overthinker is you're trying to do everything you can not to have the issue. Oh, yeah. What can I do not to have an issue? And oh, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. And, and it's funny, but that's, yeah. How can I do this? I know I won't have a problem because I really don't want to deal with that. Problem. The answer is call Milan. <laughs> but... That's it. I'm just going to call you and bug you. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you fix this? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Now, here's the one thing I will tell you. All mm. the other outfits, like is it the 123 load board and some of those, you can go on and they can get in and see your app so they can walk you through. You would know. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> Ask I had a call and I go, yep, this doesn't work. Well, give me permission to see your screen. You got it. What do I got to do? And then we'll look at it and I go, huh. So what we got to do is this and this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see if we can get that for True North. (laughs) It helps you guys. We might want to work on that on on True North where you can get in and you can get to my screen so you can see it. See, that would be really good. (laughs) Yeah. save, Save us some time. That's it. That's it. See? We're improving already. All right. We're going to wrap up. It was lovely, lovely, lovely talking to you, Lon. And I still think you're just a superior being. I don't know how (laughs) you became this way, but you clearly are better than us all. And um, please continue. Don't say that. (laughs) I have so much enjoyed talking. I'm so happy that I got a chance to meet you guys and to meet you and hang out I'll talk to you real soon you bet bye bye thank you for joining us for another episode of let it ride with true north be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend for more information on how true north supports real owner operators like you just heard follow us on facebook at true north transportation co find us on instagram or on our blog, Owner Operators Only, on our website at truenorthtrans.com. Let It Ride with True North is a production of True North Transportation. This episode was edited, produced, and hosted by me, Milan Allen. See you next time.